This podcast is brought to you by the Empower Her program, a 12-week gut and hormone restoration program. If you are suffering from chronic digestive and menstrual cycle issues, this may be the program for you. Go to www.sophieandkyleen.com forward slash empower her to join the waitlist. Welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, 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 ladies, this is Sophie Shepard, your host of the She Talks Health podcast, coming to you with another solo episode about Hashimoto's and solutions that you can think about if you've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. As many of you know, if you've been following the podcast or my journey um, on shetextshealth.com or on Instagram, you guys know that I have slash had Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I say I had it because currently I do not have any antibodies against my thyroid, um, which would put me in a more remission state. But um, the current science shows that we can't actually get rid of it. So I don't really know if I have it or had it or what's going on. Um, But I do know is that I have been able to successfully get my thyroid numbers back into a, quote, normal range or an optimal range. I've been able to eliminate the symptoms that came along with the Hashimoto's. Primarily, I had... Um, a lot of mood issues. So I had depression and anxiety. I had constipation and diarrhea and bloating and gas and all sorts of digestive issues. I had um, my hair falling out. I had a lot of stuff going on with fatigue and weight gain. Um, And so I no longer have those issues anymore. And it was through my own journey of healing my gut, supporting my stress, resolving some hidden trauma and supporting my liver, um, dealing with heavy metals and gut pathogens, a bunch of stuff, really boosting my nutrients. All of these things combined, I think, is how I've been able to get my thyroid to a place where one could call it remission or at least doing a lot better than I was doing before. So I wanted to share with you some of the science and the background of 
what goes into making a thyroid work well and what we can do to support our bodies if we've been diagnosed with something like Hashimoto's and we don't really know what to do and we're maybe we're taking medication, maybe we're not, but we're just wondering if there's anything else we can do that's in our own hands as individuals. So let's dive right into it. So there, first of all, if you haven't caught part one of the Hashimoto's slash thyroid series, you're going to want to go back and check out that episode because I talk about kind of thyroid 101 symptoms and root causes. That's episode 30 on the She Talks Health podcast. So definitely go back and check that out if you haven't already. And then we're moving into part two where we're talking about, okay, you've got the Hashimoto's diagnosis. What are the holistic steps we can take to support our thyroid? All right. So there are a lot of different approaches out there in the world as to pretty much everything, but especially things like thyroid. And at She Talks Health, we really take a whole woman approach to supporting the female body, regardless of the diagnosis in front of us, which means that we look at all the factors that influence a woman's body. And in this case, a woman's thyroid. And there's a lot. So, you know, I always say that your thyroid didn't just decide to stop working one day, right? There are triggers, many of which we discussed in part one. Things like gut dysfunction that cause malabsorption, um, a lack of the essential thyroid nutrients just from our diet, environmental exposures to chemicals and pesticides that can disrupt thyroid function, heavy metal accumulation, also mental and emotional stressors, and other toxic infections and pathogens like mold and bacteria or parasites. These can all be a contributing factor to why our thyroid might not be working optimally. So using a whole woman approach is about simultaneously removing any of those hidden stressors while also building the body up. And I really feel that that is the only way to systematically support thyroid function. Um, of course there's medication and some of us do need to be on medication. We're going to do a whole separate, um, podcast about medication and the why and how and what kinds and how to talk to a doctor about all of that. Um, but for right now, we'll just talk about holistic non-medical ways that we can support, um, our Hashimoto's diagnosis. And the first place to start is the first line of defense, which is food and nutrient density. So that's one of the best ways we can build up the body is by focusing on whole and nutrient dense foods that are just essential for the first line of support for our thyroid health. And our thyroid really does need a lot of nutrients from the production of the thyroid hormone to the conversion of the inactive form of thyroid, which is named T4. To the active form, T3, we'll be talking a lot about the conversion in a little bit, but we really do need quite a lot of nutrients. And what I see a lot is women will come in um, eating more of a standard American diet, which is full of trans fats, refined sugars, genetically modified organism foods, so GMO foods, processed additives and sugars, and all of those things combined, they do a lot more than just increase the obesity epidemic. They also can rob the thyroid of nutrients it needs, and it can cause massive inflammation and stress in the body, which we know is just a contributing factor for all disease, including Hashimoto's. 
So I love this quote from the Essential Thyroid Cookbook. It says, when you consider that every cell in your body has receptors for thyroid hormone and that the thyroid turns on the genes that keeps cells doing their job, it's easy to understand how a nutrient-deficient diet can interrupt this cellular communication. Well said. And I think the biggest part here is how important it is that we support our thyroid and our cellular health because truly our thyroid impacts every aspect of our bodies and pretty much. So we can simply move to a whole foods, organic diet, nutrient-dense diet that can support the thyroid and immune system. So there's definitely some certain nutrients that really, really pack a punch when it comes to thyroid and immune health. They are vitamin A, vitamin B1, 2, 6, and 12, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, also calcium, copper, iron, magnesium, selenium, zinc, iodine, manganese, tyrosine, and omega-3 fatty acids. So there are a ton. But instead of trying to be like, oh, did I get my manganese content for the day? Did I get my selenium content for the day? What we can do is we can focus on a well-rounded diet that's full of leafy greens, a variety of organic vegetables, good quality animal protein and eggs, wild-caught seafood, Um, legumes, nuts, seeds, whole grains, fermented foods, and even herbs. And when we think about the variety and the density and the high quality, that is what's going to help deliver those nutrients for our body to use, for our thyroid to use. Now, if you think you need more help on where to look for these types of food ideas, I would highly recommend the Essential Thyroid Cookbook. It's something I got many years ago. It's by Lisa Markley and Jill Grunewald, and it is fabulous. The first half is all about thyroid um, education, and the second half is all thyroid cookbook ideas, recipes. It's delicious. Um, So I definitely would recommend those. And then there are also, you know, I talked about the whole woman approach, right? So there's also foods that can cause stress on the thyroid and stress on the body um, from that cellular function. So there's one in particular that I really want to touch base on, and that is gluten. So simply put, gluten and thyroid are not friends. Gluten, and more specifically the protein gliadin, so that's spelled GL. I-A-D-I-N, closely resembles the thyroid gland. And since gliadin shares a similar molecular structure to many of our own thyroid tissue, this can very easily confuse the body and make the body accidentally attack itself rather than dealing with the gluten. This is called molecular mimicry. Now, there are many studies that show a strong connection between Hashimoto's and gluten sensitivity. We also know that celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease, is related also to any other autoimmune disease, including Hashimoto's, because usually um, once you have one autoimmune disease, it's easier to accumulate another one. And we also know that gluten does cause leaky gut or intestinal hyperpermeability, and it does this by opening up the tight junctions in the gut lining, allowing food particles and gut bugs to breach 
the barrier of the gut lining and go right into the bloodstream into our immune system. And this really can set the stage for that exasperated immune response that is so often characterized by autoimmune disease, of which Hashimoto's is one. So gluten affects the thyroid in many, many different ways. And it is definitely my opinion that if you have Hashimoto's, you gotta ditch the gluten, like long-term permanent. Like I don't even see a point of having it, to be really honest, um, because of how much it tanks our thyroid. Um, I've never had a client who successfully reversed or supported their thyroid diagnosis while still eating gluten. So that's a big one. The second one is maybe slightly less um, controversial or slightly less of a problem maybe for you, and that would be dairy. So the reason dairy and thyroid can sometimes not get along is that dairy is a trigger because the casein in dairy also looks similar to gluten. And because we know gluten looks similar to the thyroid, it can also cause molecular mimicry in our body. And our body can get confused and think when you're eating a bowl of ice cream that you're really eating a bowl of gluten. <laughs> and it can trigger this immune reaction. Also, we know that many, many people find cow's dairy um, very inflammatory for their body and just honestly feel better without it. Um, so I, what I typically recommend with this is an elimination protocol where you remove dairy and other things that can be contributing to thyroid issues for a short period of time, maybe about a, a month long. And then when you reintroduce them, you track how you feel. Um, and that's actually what I did. I did a, um, a full, well, I did full autoimmune protocol, which is very intense. I don't always recommend that for clients. Um, but sometimes it can be helpful. And I, I removed a bunch of things and I tried to add dairy back in and it was like, absolutely not. And subsequently I have, um, done a lot of testing on the dairy thing because <laughs> I was just curious, like, you know, I, I wanted to know if I could tolerate it at all. And turns out that I have dairy sensitivity to like literally every protein that's in dairy, including the casein, the lactose, like you name it, I cannot have it. Um, funny enough though, I can do goat's milk. So and goat's cheese. So that's a, that's a win for me. Um, but it took a long time to get to the place where I could even have that. So I definitely would recommend like thinking about how dairy might be cow's dairy specifically might be impacting your thyroid and whether or not you feel comfortable, um, working with your provider on, um, taking something like that out of your diet for a short period to see how you feel. Um, of course you always want to be working with somebody on these things if you can. Um, and then the other huge part of the puzzle that we need to talk about when supporting the thyroid is we've got to talk about thyroid conversion. So we talked about like nutrient density being one of the best ways we can build up our thyroid um, and our bodies, right? Um, and taking some of the stressors out, like maybe gluten and dairy that could be contributing to it not working optimally. But we also really have to talk about this conversion. So let me explain how this works. The thyroid gland in our neck produces many hormones in order to fuel our body for growth, reproduction, and energy. And its sole job is to absorb iodine, combine it with tyrosine, which is an amino acid. And this combo of iodine and tyrosine 
is used to convert um, into our thyroid hormone. There's the two most important ones are T3 and T4. Now, T3 is the active form and T4 is the inactive form. But when we are creating thyroid hormone, the majority of the creation is actually the inactive form or T4. And the way that we get to use the active form is through a conversion of T4 to T3. So this conversion is super, super critical because T3 is actually what's going to optimize your brain and let your bowels work well and help you grow hair and manage your weight and your reproduction. So if we don't have enough of that T3 floating around, we've got a problem. So this means that when I look at how can we support thyroid health, I'm also looking at how can we support the conversion of our inactive thyroid hormone to our active thyroid hormone. And so there are many things under this umbrella, and we'll look at a few of them today that are probably the most important. So we have to consider liver and gut health, we have to consider toxic load. So toxic load includes pesticides, heavy metals, radiation poisoning, gut pathogens, and things like fluoride. And we also must consider how a hormone imbalance like estrogen dominance could impact the thyroid and also hormonal birth control, which can interfere with thyroid production. Um, Finally, I think it's really important that we all look at the role that our mental and emotional stress plays with our thyroid, and if there's any mineral deficiencies like zinc or selenium at play that could be prohibiting the body from getting what it needs to convert our thyroid hormone into something we can actually use. So let's dive into a couple of these because um, some of them like play off of each other, right? So let's look at liver. So your liver needs a lot of nutrients in order to help process the large amount of toxins it's getting in, as well as just everything else that the liver does. And we know that 20% of thyroid conversion happens in the liver. So there are certain things that can be extremely useful when we're thinking about the liver. We can think about supplements or herbs that support both phase one and phase two of liver detoxification. Now, ideally, we're getting all of those nutrients from the well-rounded diet that I went through, but sometimes we need a little extra support. Um, So there are certain herbs like milk thistle, for example, works on both phase one and phase two of liver detoxification, or there's even full, complete compounds that companies have come up with to support the entire liver process and give yourself tons of nutrients, there's a product called um, Veggie Cleanse from Designs for Health that's really, really helpful for that. And I'm also a really big fan of castor oil packs. Um, This is something that I absolutely love. If you want to learn more about it, um, you can go to drmarisol.com or join one of my programs. I talk about this all the time in the Empower Her program and also in my Shine Health program, which is my one-on-one program. So liver health is huge. Um, And the reason why I say certain things fall under liver health or under these categories I'm going to talk about is like, think about this, for example, some of the other triggers that I mentioned were like fluoride and heavy metals and um, pesticides and other 
um, stressors and toxins, right? So our liver is part of how we detox those stressors. So if we can support the liver, that will help us to eliminate some of those excess toxins. Obviously, removing the toxins are also a big part of that. Um, All right. So let's look at gut health for a second, because if you have Hashimoto's and you have not addressed your gut health, please stop. Do not pass go. Do not collect your $200. Go back. We got to look at gut health. Dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of bacteria where there's too much of the bad bacteria, like um, bacterial strains that we don't want hanging around, over the good is part of this. Also, gut bugs like candida or yeast or parasites, they can all wreak havoc on our thyroid. And there are a couple of different mechanisms at play. One of them is just that pathogens like parasites and yeast cause just massive inflammation. Um, But the other one is that 20%, the other 20% of the conversion of our inactive thyroid hormone to our active thyroid hormone happens in the presence of friendly, good gut bacteria. So that means that if we don't have enough of the beneficial bacteria, then we could have a conversion problem. And I really wish it was as easy as, hey, just take this probiotic, but sometimes it's not. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit more in depth. Um, Typically when I work with someone on their gut health, we run a GI maps and um, we do about three months of work on their gut um, to balance things out. But I will say that you can go a pretty long way, depending on what's going on in your specific gut microbiome, with things like prebiotics and plant fibers, because those are really your gut's best friend. So if it's just that you're not getting enough diversity in your diet, in your gut, you can really do a lot with things like prebiotic um, and plant fibers um, and prebiotic rich foods and even fermented foods um, as well. So that's something always to think about and, and to check out. All right, so number three, mineral and nutrient deficiencies. So most people that come to see me who have Hashimoto's, even as good intentions as they might be, they just are not getting enough nutrients um, to support their body and to support their thyroid, which is just a hog of nutrients as we talked about. So um, one thing I always recommend doing is mineral testing, as well as testing some specific nutrients in the blood, like vitamin B12 and vitamin D. Um, So with mineral testing, the absolute kind of standard best option would be the HTMA or um, that's for going to screen for heavy metals. And it's also going to screen for different mineral levels. And that type of test would allow your practitioner that you're working with to help you create a custom blend of minerals that should give your body the building blocks it needs to create and convert thyroid hormone. So if working with a practitioner just like is not in your budget at all right now, totally get that. Like start with eating the rainbow, you know, and then maybe considering whether or not something that has a bunch like a multivitamin or beef liver capsules um, could give you some extra support. We're really looking at like kind of get getting and flooding your body with nutrients that it needs for, for the thyroid. All right. And then stress. The last but not least, we are going to do an entire episode um, 
on stress and how it affects Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism and everything. But high cortisol, which is one of our main stress hormones, is a huge contributing factor to hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. Um, So at this point, just take my word for it. Um, If you haven't started already, start today. Start developing some lifestyle tools that you really love that help motivate you to support your stress. Um, It's different for everybody, right? And, you know, some people hate meditation and that stresses them out even more than if they were going to meditate. Some people, you know, love meditation. Some people like chanting. Some people like going for a walk. Some people like singing or dancing or you know, Tai Chi, there's so many different things we can do to de-stress. And I was just talking on um, the next podcast episode with Phoebe Lapine about how stress was really one of the huge, huge factors for me when I developed Hashimoto. So I know it's not something we want to talk about um, because it's easy for us to just maybe skip over the stress part, but it's really, really, really important. All right. And so just to round things out, the last thing that I really wanted to touch on today is just a quick note on medication. We are going to try and do an entire episode on medication where I bring in an expert who does prescription medication for thyroid and all certain types and can talk us through how they determine what would be the best medication route um, for thyroid. But One of the things I see happen a lot, and this happened to me, is that, you know, I went to my conventional doctor, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, um, and I was prescribed levothyroxine or Synthroid. And Levo is a T4-only medication. But as we just discussed in length, some women have trouble with the conversion of T4 to T3 to the, the inactive form to the active form. So if that is the person's main issue then taking a T4-only medication may not get them the full success that they are looking for, which is what I believe was going on with me when I was very first diagnosed with hypothyroidism. The level worked. Like, I started to feel better. I wasn't as acute, right? My thyroid had some support. But in the labs, it was very clear that I wasn't converting. And the reason I wasn't converting was I was taking prescription medications. I was, you know, that were including, like, um birth control, which was clogging my thyroid's ability. I was eating pesticide-ridden food. I was not eating a good diet um, that was full of nutrients to support the conversion. I have tons of heavy metal still in my mouth. Um, You know, there were a lot of things that were contributing to the burden of an unsuccessful conversion of T4 to T3. So um, when I handled that, right, when I got my gut health in line, when I supported my liver, when I got the right nutrients in my body, the conversion happened and I had that extra boost from the medication. So that was for me what I needed. Now, everyone is very different when it comes to medication and what their thyroid is doing, which is why it's just so important to work with a qualified practitioner on your thyroid health to get a full thyroid panel and all of this. But I just wanted to bring that up in case you're like, hey, like this is all great, but I'm already taking level thyroxine. Why do I need all of this? This might be why. So, okay. I know this was a lot, um, but this is how we have to think about it, right? Like our thyroid impacts every single cell and organ in our entire body. So to think that we are just going to try to manage the weight or manage the hair falling out or manage like this and that symptom is not looking at the whole picture and the whole woman approach to how we can actually systematically support 
all of the parts that are contributing to our disease process. So just to summarize, we talked about how can we boost nutrients through diet? How can we support the liver? How can we support stress? How can we support gut issues and also mineral imbalances and deficiencies? And we talked about some ways that you can start to just think through that and maybe try some things out and see how you do, right? Because you are an individual badass woman, hopefully, if you're listening to this, and you are going to need a unique approach. Now, if all of this is too much and you're just like, I don't even know how to do all of this. Trust me. I totally understand. I mean, I was 22 when I was trying to piece through the whole thyroid puzzle. Um, but that's why I specialize in helping women with Hashimoto's to feel their absolute best. So if you've tried a bunch of this, or you just feel overwhelmed and you think you need some support, navigating kind of the ins and outs of thyroid health, please feel free to apply to work with me. Um, you can do that on my website. It's shetalkshealth.com forward slash contact, and you can send in an application. And if it's a good fit, we'll have a call and see how I might be able to help you with your thyroid. So that's all for now. I cannot wait for our next episode, which is going to be with Phoebe Lapine. We're talking all about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth um, or SIBO, something else that I've had to deal with with my <laughs> amazing set of health issues. So we'll see you in a couple weeks for the next episode of the She Talks Health podcast. Until then, I hope you are well and I hope you have a great couple of weeks. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.